welcome to Bethesda Broadcast, the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. This past Sunday, we served communion at Bethesda, and Pastor Roy delivered a message on Jesus, the rescue for sinners. Everyone is in need of a rescuer, and Jesus is not only the best, but the only one who can rescue us. We encourage you to open up your Bibles and follow along with Pastor Roy. Today, I've titled the message, Jesus, the Rescue for Sinners. And really, when you look in Scripture, all 66 books, there's one story. There's one theme. There's two dominant things in Scripture that we have. Being captivated by sin and being rescued from sin. That's really the two messages in Scripture. The captivation of sin, where we've been captivated, controlled, in bondage, in slavery, with no sense of escape at all, and God's redemption through rescue. It is a great story, and it goes through all of Scripture. It is a progressive revelation because it isn't revealed, the whole plan is not revealed or understood even by the writers, I don't think. But when man first sinned in the garden, actually back in Genesis 1, the first thing when God created everything, it says at the end of Genesis 1, God saw. And everything that he saw, he said, was good. That's what it says in Genesis 1, uh, 31. It says, God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and morning the sixth day. But by the time we get to Genesis chapter 6, God looks again and he sees not good, he sees evil. So between Genesis 1.31 and Genesis 6.5, something transpired. Because it says God saw again in Genesis 6.5 that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And what did this do to the heart of God? The Bible says that his heart was grieved. It was filled with pain. Because when we go to Genesis chapter 3, we see man rebelled against God. Rebelled against the truth that God had given. God had told them, don't eat of the tree, of the fruit in the garden. And they ate of that fruit. They rebelled, they overstepped, they transgressed God's law which brought sin into the world. And I don't understand how it all works, but that sin has been imputed to you and I that we are born and conceived in sin. The Bible tells us that. And we see the wickedness of man because of that sin. So there is captivation from the beginning. How long, though, did it take God to initiate a rescue plan? The fall happened in Genesis 3. The rescue plan happened in Genesis 3. (laughs) It's in there. Even though the writer probably didn't understand what he was writing and talking about. In Genesis 3.15, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel, signifying the death of Jesus on the cross. Because when they died by crucifixion, Their heel was bruised from pushing up, trying to get air into their lungs. 
So the plan of rescue came in Genesis 3. That tells us how much God loves us. And all through the book of the Bible, we see the rescue of God for the captivation of man. And actually, we look in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim what? Freedom for the captives. See, it's, it's captivation and, and freedom, rescue. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. That's what God has come to do in the person of Jesus. And that's why we remember the Lord's table and the death that Jesus had on the cross for us. We see in Genesis 6, we see God looking down and seeing the wickedness of man. And so then how does he begin the initiation of that rescue process? Well, he shares a story that he's going to destroy the earth with a flood. But then we see he picks one man and says, this man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You think about that. Why? Why did he find grace in the midst of all the wickedness and evil? Because God intended to rescue sinful man and redeem us from our slavery, our bondage. And so there we have that picture. And when you talk about the flood, almost everybody, even people that are ignorant about the Bible, has heard the story of the flood. There's been more stories written about the flood than any other story in probably the history of the world. And so that story, in fact, uh, Ken Ham, many of you know Ken Ham, Answers in Genesis is building, they are building a life-size ark, uh, and it's supposed to be open, I think, next summer, where people can go through um, and see it. So God does this rescue plan, rescuing not just animals, but man, and saves them from the flood. Next, God shows his love by calling Abraham, right? He calls Abraham to go to a place. Abraham is about to plunge a knife into his sons, and, what is, and his son is, how, how is his son? Captivated, bound, and put on an altar, and God rescues Abraham's hand. I mean, you can see it all through Scripture, so then you have that rescue. And then Abraham has Isaac and Jacob, you know, his grandson. Jacob comes along and has 12 sons, right? And one of them is sold into slavery, captive. And what does God do? He rescues his people through Joseph. It spares them from the famine. Captivation and rescue is there once again. We see that. That little family grows up to 70 to 100 people. They become in bondage, in slavery, in Egyptian bondage. And depending on what commentator you listen to, it could be from 215 to 400 plus years, they're in bondage. Again, captivated. And what does God do? He says, I have heard, I have seen their misery. Here's what he says in Exodus 3, 7. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver. One of the words for rescue is deliver. 
Another word is save, to save us, to deliver us from our bondage. He says, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, when they went down into Egypt, there was less than a hundred. God does not deliver them for, again, two to four hundred years, whatever it is. Now, here's the deal. When he does deliver them, how many are there? They say as many as two million people. Now, here's my question. Which is easier to deliver, less than 100 or 2 million? Why did God choose to wait to deliver that many? Well, let me tell you, which one shows more glory and power? Delivering 100 or delivering 2 million? Delivering 2 million. That's why God, I think, waited. To display His power, His magnificence, his glory, his absolute ability to rescue people. <laughs> what an awesome thing he chose to do. I think that's why. And we could go on and on. We look at the story of Gideon, right? The Israelites in bondage to the Midianites. God delivering, raising up a rescuer, a deliverer in Gideon. And delivering his people with 300 people. God delivering. Again, we see the rescue of God in that. It says in Judges 6.14, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save, rescue Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. You see God's heart of rescue, his desire to rescue. We see David even rescued from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. In 1 Samuel 17, 37, it says, David said, The Lord who delivered me, rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, will deliver me, rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So the Lord wants to rescue us from our sin. He also wants to rescue us from our fear. There are people in bondage today in fear that need to be rescued from their fear. And God wants to rescue them from their fear. There are people who live in fear. And here's what it says in Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me. He rescued me from all my fears. That's God. There are some people who are on, on medication because of their, their fear. And God is able to deliver and give them an incredible deliverance from their fear. That's our God. He also delivers us, rescues us from evil men. It says in Psalm 140, verse 1, Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men. God wants to deliver us. He wants to rescue us from evil men. I don't know about you, but I think that's one of the glories of heaven, is we will be out rescued from the presence of evil men who want to destroy. What a rescue God has for us in mind. He says in Isaiah 43, 11, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior, no rescuer. You know, there's nothing like hearing a story of rescue, right? Right? where a ship goes down, 
somebody is about to drown and they throw that life ring out to them and they're rescued from the raging waters. But wouldn't it be foolish for the one who is rescued to say, did you notice how I grabbed a hold of that ring? Did you see my bulging arms and how I was able to cling to that ring and save myself? <laughs> no. Actually, there's nothing but gratitude that flows out of that because the, res- the one who is rescued realized if the person didn't throw him the ring, they would have drowned. That's what Jesus did by coming and giving us the cross. He rescued us because we couldn't rescue ourselves. I think about the Chilean miners who several years ago were buried beneath granite rock, hundreds of feet below the ground. And what kept them alive was not just their tuna fish and a little bit of water. What kept them alive was hope of being rescued. (laughs) That's what kept them alive. The hope of being rescued. And I think about people who are in bondage to sin today. Where is their hope of rescue if it's not in Jesus? Where is it going to come from? There's no other place. There's no other hope of rescue. Jesus also rescues us from temptation, the Bible says. He rescues us from fear, from evil men, from sin, from temptation. He says, there is no temptation taken you but that which is common to man. But God is faithful who will provide what? A rescue, a way of escape. That we can bear it. That's what God has provided for us, a rescue. And he rescues us, the Bible says. Did you look at our memory verse today in our bulletin, the top of the worship order, to wait for his son from heaven? whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. He rescues us from eternal punishment, eternal hell. He is the rescuer for that as well. I think about the rescue of Daniel in the lion's den. See, all through Scripture, if you look at Scripture, it's rescue. Daniel's In the lion's den, trapped, captive, God rescues him. What about the three Hebrew children who were in the fiery furnace, captivated, bound in the fiery furnace? God sends his, he rescues them out of the flames. Rescue. That's what it's all about. That's what the message of Scripture is all about. I think about the Babylonian captivity when the children of Israel was in Babylonian captivity for 70 years under dominant dictatorship and God rescues them from Babylonian captivity, brings them back. It's a story of captivation and rescue. It's all through Scripture. In Micah 4.10, It says, writhe in agony, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in labor. For now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. You will go to Babylon. There you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you out of the hand of your enemies. There's another little aspect of rescue that I find interesting. When I think about the Chilean miners and others who are rescued, the rescuer does not go down and take their place. He doesn't stay down there in the ground. Jesus, in his rescue, 
took our place on the cross to rescue us from the wrath. He became, as we sang this morning, sin for us. He became captive on the cross, did he not? He was nailed to a cross. He was bound. He was captive to a cross. But he was rescued from death. And is at the right hand of the Father today for us. The Apostle Paul thought about that as well in Romans 7 when we get into the New Testament. Romans 7, he says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from the, this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. But he's saying the one who delivered him was the one who died on the cross. He didn't deliver himself. It was a rescue of God. Jesus' rescue took real significance when he took on human flesh. He became a man to rescue us. He took on flesh. He took on a body. And here's what Paul writes in 1 Timothy 1.15. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world. Here's talking about his incarnation. He came into the world to save sinners, to rescue sinners. And Paul said, of whom I am the worst. He says, but I receive mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. His perfect patience. Maybe you've experienced the patience of God in your life to rescue you from your sin. He tells us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise of some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Rescue. Colossians 1.13, he has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And the Bible tells us in Galatians 1.4 that he gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. It's all about rescue. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he longs to be in a right relationship with us. But we have to choose Jesus. It's our choice to do that. I would ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. While we do, I'm going to ask the guys to come to the platform who will help serve the elements today for communion. And while they are making their way here, I would just ask you to think for a moment about the captivation of sin in your own life. If you are a believer, think about the day, the years, the time that you were under the domination and control and captivation of Satan. And there's probably some images and events that you will remember that you would like to forget. I do want to remind you it's under the blood. Praise the Lord. But God has rescued you 
if you are a believer in Jesus. Maybe you're here today and as you look back, you're trying to remember the day of rescue for you. Do you remember a time in your life where you recognized you were under the domination and control of Satan and sin in bondage? And do you remember the time when the shackles of sin freed you because of Christ? Is there a time that you remember that? That's an event you will not forget. <laughs> you will not soon forget because it's life-changing. And you've been rescued. Maybe you're here today and you're a believer and you have been enslaved to sin again. It doesn't mean that we are sin-free because we have a sin nature. But God can deliver us from our sin. We come to Him again and again. It talks about Jesus Christ is the advocate with the Father. We can seek forgiveness. And I would encourage you, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, this is your opportunity to invite Him into your life and make Him your Savior and Lord. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.